you ever tried to drive with a dirty windshield, it gets pretty tough and dangerous, okay? Perspective biblically cleans our windshield that we might see where we are supposed to go. Um, perspective is so powerful biblically, it's like a compass. Um, if you've been lost at times, you're trying to find a sense of direction and you have no tools to help you, uh, that you get very uneasy. Biblical perspective, God's will perspective, is like a compass that, that, that guides us in life. And we must have this perspective to make sure we're, we know where we're supposed to be going. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig, and joining me in our studio today is our teacher, Pastor Robbie. And today is a day that we like to have fun with. It's Christmas Eve Eve, and in this Christmas season, Robbie, may, may I be the first to wish you a very merry Christmas Eve Eve. Just wondering about Christmas traditions, if you've got any lining up leading up to the big day. I bet you there are some people, you, you mentioned Christmas Eve Eve. I bet you there have to be people who have Christmas Eve Eve traditions based on maybe family scheduling and things they do. And a lot of people, each day there's something set apart. Um, I myself, I'm usually preaching on Christmas Eve Eve, as it turns out, yep. or maybe at church or whatever, but certainly there's an anticipation and excitement for what is coming. Of course, the most important aspect and really the ministry we're focusing on here and what we're seeking to do is really to prepare our hearts again for the joy and the light of Jesus Christ coming. We've been working through Luke chapter one, and then today we land on again this incredible passage and this incredible section of scripture that is so filled with joy and awareness and just really, I mean, could have they anticipated what would happen within this sequence of God's word. I'm not sure, but man, it is it is so fun to walk through. And um, it's today's all about perspective too. So that's a wonderful prayer for our listeners to be filled with the right perspective that leads us to right thinking. And then that's when right feeling will be found. And with that, Craig, let's jump into the word of God. All right. So Luke chapter one is our text beginning in verse 46. Let's pick it up again with the story of Mary and here again is Pastor Robbie. All right, so where we've been the last couple of weeks, uh, good news, the great joy going through Luke 1 and the Christmas narratives pertaining especially to Mary. Week number one, uh, just to recap again for us, to helpful, uh, God's plan is here. So week number one, the, the, the plan of God announced the angel Gabriel to Mary. And then from God's plan, we went to now the package. The package has arrived. And I say this with great endearment. Uh, these names right here, Mary, Liz, and J the B. Can I do that? I just did it. So, but with great endearment and affection and reverence as well. So now we see Mary meeting with Elizabeth. Of course, John the Baptist and Elizabeth tummy and Jesus even being formed again, just maybe a few days in, in the womb of Mary. And to understand that the plan of God has been announced and the package, Christ has arrived technically in Mary's womb. And now we see this, when you, when you know God's plan, and when you understand that God's package has been delivered, well, here's what happens, okay, right? Here's our whole message, you ready? Here we go. Um, perspective, perspective occurs. And perspective is so powerful. Um, perspective is that which allows us to clean the mud off the windshield. You ever tried to drive with a dirty windshield? It gets pretty tough and dangerous, okay? 
Perspective biblically cleans our windshield that we might see where we are supposed to go. Um, perspective is so powerful biblically. It's like a compass. Um, if you've been lost at times, you're trying to find a sense of direction and you have no tools to help you, uh, that you get very uneasy. Biblical perspective, God's will perspective is like a compass that, that, that guides us in life. And we must have this perspective to make sure we're, we know where we're supposed to be going. And then what we also find today in, in this passage of Mary's song, which is so beautiful, we find that perspective promotes, listen, promotes right feeling. It's God's perspective that leads to a healthy emotion in line with God's will uh, from his word that lets us understand we are on his path and then we express, it comes from our lives. Um, many of us right now, uh, we have wrong emotion. Remember, when it comes to feelings, they are lousy leaders, but great followers. We must get out in front with fact, and we say this a lot around this church, fact, faith, feeling. That's the right order. Don't reverse that. I want to show you from God's word right now, uh, this progression found in scripture from Mary's life. So Luke chapter 1 just before we officially get to our text, I want to show you the power of perspective in Mary's life with chapter one as a whole. And this is a good thing to do with scripture. You can be in a verse, you can be in a paragraph, you can be in a chapter as we are right now. Now look at Luke chapter one, verse, verse 31. Gabriel says to Mary, and behold, Luke 1, 31, and you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now notice that's fact. Gabriel just presented Mary with fact. You will give birth to the son of God. Now, all of us, even today, if it's your first time in church ever, you're gonna be presented with fact today, the truth of God. It's what we do with the fact. Do we place our faith in the fact? Do we disregard the fact? Do we ignore the fact? Well, that's gonna to lead to a bad setting. But when you place your faith in the truth, look at now verse 38, Luke 1, verse 38. And by the way, as we're going through this, like in my Bible, I have faith or fact written beside verse 31. I got faith written beside verse 38. And I'll show you where feeling is in just a second. I want to do that because I come back to it. I'm like, oh yeah, right. And I get encouraged by it. I think one of the first time I saw it, this was 10 years ago. And now I hear again and I'm like, awesome, okay? Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Uh, let it be to me according to your word. What did Mary just do? She applied faith to God's facts. She says, I believe God, you are right. I believe your word is true. And I'm going to live my life according by faith on the fact that has been presented to me. Now, whenever there's true fact and faith is placed in that fact, then we see this feeling right emotions will follow. At times they take a while, it's up to the Lord. But at the same time, we can know we will have right feeling by faith placed in God's fact. Notice the feeling, verse 46 and 47 now. And Mary said, now, as we come to this, this is her song. This is her Magnificat, okay? It's called Mary's Magnificat because the Latin word for magnifies is that, Magnificat, okay? It's the, it's the explosion. As you walk with Mary through this, Mary is a 13-year-old teenage peasant girl. She's a nobody from nowhere. She has no renown. She is not popular on any level. She's just a, she, she's just, she's just a, a young teenage girl 
in a, in a, in a kind of a, a desolate place. No one has a clue who she is. And God shows up at her door and says, by the way, you've been chosen to give birth to the son of God. And you're just like, what in the world? Like you're just trying to take all this in. And so there you are and you receive this message. You believe this message. You go visit your cousin, who confer, Elizabeth, who confirms this message, who's also pregnant miraculously with John the Baptist. Just again, if, if you're Mary, imagine the building up of emotion. Imagine the building up of wonder. Imagine the building up of praise. And we get to verse 46. And what we see is a volcanic eruption of glory, of praise, of joy. Listen, from perspective. Mary's perspective is so strong. Her realization of God is so real. She's so acutely aware of what is happening with her life and the glory of her God. The only logical response at this point seems to be to burst out in song and praise to her God. That is the power of perspective. It awakens us. It clears out our grogginess. It Listen, it splashes living water on our faces. I mean, how many of us could use some living water splashed on our faces right now? Probably a lot of us. I mean, like, let's just like, I know the world we live in, man. Like every day I'm battling with the temptation towards apathy. Every day I'm battling with the reality of my own wretched, sinful state within my heart, longing to do things that displease God. Every day I walk around the lives that present us in this world and trying to be lured and lulled to sleep by again, the practices of frivolous activity that surround us all the time, which in the end lead to absolutely nothing. I get it, man. I'm in it too. And so to understand though, the power of living water being, being washed upon us again, that we might see and hear and live. That's the love of God. That is what's happening with Mary right here in Luke chapter one in her Magnificat. Let's read our passage. Luke one, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked upon the humblest state of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, she says. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty. Hear the sovereignty of God in these verses. Exalted those of humble estate has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I mean, what a, what a passage. I'm excited to go through this with you right now. We're gonna, we're gonna find out this, the power. Why, why is perspective so powerful? Four main reasons from our text today. Why should I care and why should I love to see perspective grow in my life? Well, point number one, reason number one is this, because it gives birth to my passion. Perspective gives birth to my passion. Uh, you want passion today? Well, if you do, you got to pay attention, okay? You got to pay attention. Again, Gabriel spoke to Mary. Mary met with Elizabeth. Now Mary is, is, is exploding with praise and passion. And notice it comes forth in a song, a song of praise. Now, a small tangent right now, but a irresistible tangent to me as a preacher and pastor of this church, okay? Notice inherently within the Christmas narrative, how important again, singing, 
songs are to the heart of God. And singing and songs should be to the people of God. If you take the Christmas narrative itself, think of this little Bible, I like Bible trivia at our home. This is a good Bible trivia. Can you name the four main songs of Christmas? Okay. And they're all found in Luke chapter one and two. The four songs, we have Mary's song here before us today. You turn the page over, there's Zechariah's song. You turn that page over, you have the angel song, glory to God in the highest. And then you turn that page over and you have Simeon's song. So within a couple of chapters containing the narrative of Christmas, almost exclusively apart from Matthew's gospel a little bit, you have here songs dominating the Christmas scene, which is telling us yet again, how important singing is to the Lord. And gotta step back far enough to see this. In the, in, the, in the event of these massive historical biblical events that have changed the entire world, it seems the only proper response in this kind of importance is to sing. Because the ultimate design of music and song has been created by God to elevate his glory and to give him praise. Music as its highest moment is to sing the praises of the Lord. Listen, love, that's why singing in church is such a big deal. Sing, we don't, we don't do the initial song package and stuff within just to pass some time so people can find their way into their seats as they're late for church. That's not why we do that. We're singing because it is the invention of God to give him glory. It's the response of God's people and the overflow of their lives. I know it's hard to imagine sometimes. That's what it's supposed to be. This is the, all of heaven's gonna be. Remember, no preachers in heaven. Praise the Lord, okay? <laughs> There's gonna be a whole lot of worshipers in heaven. In fact, Revelation chapter five, I read it this week, throne room scene, Jesus opens the title to the only one worthy, the lamb that looked as though he was slain, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he opens the seal and the four living creatures and the 24 elders at that moment, they fall to the ground. And the Bible says, and they sang a new song. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive glory and power and honor and majesty. They sang a new song. If you don't like new songs in church, you're leaving the Holy Spirit behind a little bit or he's, he's left you behind a little bit. A new song, there's never a command sing the Lord to the old song. Old songs are great. New songs are also great. Singing to the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ is part of our whole purpose. And this should be a natural thing that's occurring within our lives. The blessing of song. And by the way, let me just say this, as there's some conviction right now, but let, me just, let me just encourage you, okay? I love hearing you sing. We should all love hearing. It's one of the blessings of sitting in the front row so often. I get like the thunderous volume of, of this church that sings. Now the back row, it's a little bit tougher back there, Okay. No offense, all right? But in the front row, you get, to, you get to kind of feel the way. Our worship leaders tell me all the time, they take out the earpieces to hear the people sing. It's one of their greatest encouragements. Guest worship leaders come and without fail, they will comment, man, this church sings. And I'm like, yes, okay? Why? Ephesians chapter five, when we are filled with God's spirit, one of the great evidences we are filled by God's spirit is we make melody to the Lord with our heart. We sing spiritual songs of praise. One of the workings that God is alive. Listen, you can be in trial, you can be in suffering, and especially then you start to sing Paul and Silas in prison. 
You could be on a mountaintop. You could be having a great day or a terrible day. All the more reason to sing to the one who lifts us above any and all circumstances. That's the praise and the glory of understanding the value of a song which Mary is living out before us right now. Jesus Christ elevated and honored with our lives as we sing. Now, a bit of a tangent, but I like that tangent, all right? Now, back to our text here. Notice Mary does this in her song. She starts off by saying, my soul magnifies, magnifies. Um, to magnify is to make great. Think of a magnifying glass. It's kind of like, that's the idea that we're going for. You get out a magnifying glass, and you, you magnify an image to see it more clearly and more detail. Uh, a microscope, that's the same thing. You can magnify an image in a microscope two times, five times, ten, a hundred times, the magnification, to see the immense detail of what's going on. Mary says, my soul makes great. My soul enlarges God. She's not making God change in size. She's seeing more and more the size of God. She's starting to see just how awesome her God is. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. Uh, that word means extremely glad or joyful. Rejoices in God, um, my Savior. So just imagine that here. You see then, look, one of the callings of our lives is to make the Lord great. Question, question. What are you making most great, enlarged in your life right now? Is a hockey practice? Is it a paycheck? Is it a certain television series you're super excited about? Is it an aspiring career? Like, what are we magnifying the most within our lives? Now, let me just say this. The reason a lot of us are not joy-filled, the reason a lot of us find ourselves in places of great gloom or grumpiness is because we're trying to magnify that which will never, ever satisfy us. See, in the text itself, magnify the Lord, rejoice with joy. So the magnifying of God is what leads us to joy. The more we are satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ, then the more joy we have within our lives. Wherever John Piper is, he just said, amen, all right? If you know who he is, that makes sense. If not, you have no idea. Never mind. On to the next, all right? The whole point is, the more we make a much of God, the more his reality becomes ours and the joy that fills our lives. Mary is living this out. Why? Because of her perspective. The power of perspective that lifts us. So, you know, I've been so many planes over the years and you get in a plane, it's raining, it's, it's gloomy, it's cloudy, it's depressing. You take off and all of a sudden you come across the clouds and the sun is shining. And you're like, oh yeah, the sun still shines even when it's raining down here because the sun is above our clouds. But you look around, you're like, oh, depressing, depressing. Then you get above the clouds and you're like, the sun is still shining, praise the Lord, right? Perspective does that within our lives. Even though it's raining and gloomy, the right perspective lifts us up above the clouds to see and gaze upon the sun. I met with a man this week in our church who, who was living this, this, this out, really this message exactly. I was really blown away by it. I went to visit, um, his name's John Sturba. I'll show you a picture in just a second, just a second. And uh, he's been battling cancer for over 20 years. And it's gotten very, very serious in recent days. And he was um, admitted to the hospital uh, this week and he was coughing up blood and whatnot. And it looks like he's going to be staying at the hospital and moving into palliative care. And um, 
I just want to show you a picture. I visited John this week. Here's a picture I took with him in the hospital. Many of you will know John Sturby. He's captain of our welcome team, served in our church since the very moment this thing began. Humble man, lovely man. In fact, he's watching right now on live stream. So you are so loved, John, and this whole church blesses you right now where you are. And so we love you. Amen. 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 Thank you for loving him like that. That'll bless him so much. And um, so... I was talking to John and he didn't know I was preaching on like, the, like, like this weekend. I was, I was just listening to him and I was just like uh, quickly being overcome by what I was witnessing in front of me just based on the, the whole passage that's been flowing through my heart and mind. And um, so he's having a really hard time talking now physically. Is it uh, tumors that are impacting him and now his vocal cords in the back and it's just really painful. And so he's starting to write more and more on a whiteboard. And this is what he wrote down with me as he's kind of facing the end of right now. He wrote this down. He goes, uh, the worldly distractions are becoming very small and God is becoming very big. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, man, like, like, John, that's like the whole sermon this weekend. I said, can I take a picture of that? Because I want to make sure this like, this is what blows me away from this. Is here, here is a, a dear, dear friend, brother in Christ who has received very, very difficult news. And is, but all, all of a sudden in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the reality, all of a sudden, the things of the world will strangely lead him. All of a sudden, his God becomes what? This is perspective personified. This is what's happening. And I say to him, it's like, he's having a hard, hard time even, even talking and being able to be understood. So he's writing. I said, John, because I just saw it happening in front of me. Isn't it ironic that at the time, and this is the ways of God, at the time you're having the most difficult to speak, your voice has never been louder. Like even right now, his impact of this statement upon y'all this weekend. That's how God works, isn't it? And the glory and the power of perspective as it flows through our lives to see so clear. Because what I saw in John, brother John this week, I looked at him and I just, I was so convicted. And I was just like, I'm just seeing like nothing else matters. All that stuff doesn't matter. All those things that used to matter, it doesn't matter anymore. What matters is the Lord. What matters is his way. What matters is his glory. What matters is living for him and the freedom then to be able to do that because you see so clearly. I'm telling you, the reason our lives can become so stagnant and we're bounding our head off the wall over and over again because we can't see. We've been blinded by the spirit and the God of this world. And our lives become ineffective and unfruitful. But when we see clearly, it gives birth to... John had me in tears this week because the passion I saw in him in the midst of such a, a tremendous, I mean, tremendously difficult situation. But look at the Lord and look at what he does. And then you have Mary here, man. She's, she's seeing as clearly as she's ever seen before. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Oh, God, grant that to us. Holy Spirit, grant that to us. Please, please, Lord. We can't do without you. We can't do this without you. Magnifying the Lord can be tough, man. It can be hard. I'm telling you, though, I'm telling you, your intentional decision. Here's one of the things about magnifying the Lord is, right? If you sit on your spiritual couch as a sloth day after day, man, God's not gonna like force you to do it. Like at some point, you gotta take some initiative. At some point, you gotta seek him. At some point, you gotta obey at some point, you have to choose to say out loud, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, even when you don't feel it. But to say it by faith and praying, the feelings then would come as you base your faith on what is fact. 
How many times this week, man, I've been in a battled state. I've been going through so many different ups and downs in different ways. And I sense the opposition among us. I sense the battle. I sense the great accuser, Satan, all that stuff. I sense the wretchedness of my own sin. I see it. I hate it. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord. Because the more I magnify him, then the more, the more, the more life comes into focus. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for forgiving people like me who fail you every day. And your kindness and your love is so steadfast and your patience and your mercy. And you will give passion again to those who trust you and seek you and seek to see you as you deserve to be seen. This is the power of perspective. Number two, perspective is so powerful because it accentuates my blessing. Okay, I want you to notice, okay, Mary here moves, or at least what perspective does is we learn here, perspective moves us from grumpiness to gratitude, from complaining to celebrating, from haughtiness to humility, from self-centeredness to selflessness, from entitlement You go from saying, I deserve all this to be like, I don't deserve anything, I'm unworthy. From bemoaning our lives to saying, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Look at at verse 48. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Wow, for behold, now on all generations will call me, me, me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Can you believe it? It's like Mary's saying, can you believe it? This mighty and holy God, he's done great things for me, peasant girl from Nazareth. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So I want to highlight three main blessings of God that Mary is speaking of here. It'll be on the screen beside me. I want you to see this. Uh, Number one, notice the blessing of God's attention, of God's attention. For he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant, Mary is saying, and all generations will call her blessed. This is one of my favorite places to be. It hurts. You say, what kind of place? It's a place of of brokenness and awe when you see God's grace that is applied to a wretch like me. Okay, here's what I know, okay? I know apart from Jesus Christ, I'm in hell and I deserve to be. I know apart from, I mean, really, when you really start to unpack the sin of my life, oh my goodness. And even like today, I deserve eternal punishment for my hatred against God and my love of self and my pursuit of everything that seeks to satisfy me and me alone and my anti-Christ past and anti-gospel and and just idolatry of man. I deserve to die. I deserve it. And yet what have I been given? In Jesus Christ alone, and by his grace, and because he gave his son at Christmas to die for my sins ultimately, and to be raised from the dead, I have now been given grace and mercy and forgiveness and cleansing. I'm adopted into the family of God. I am a sheep who belongs to the good shepherd. I am guaranteed again the pathway to heaven. I will never die. I mean, really, when you hold those two things up, as a mentor taught me many years ago, what do you receive and what have, or what do you deserve and what have you received? And you start looking at what you deserve and you say, what have I received? And you're just like, wow, I'm blessed. Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, 
visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. Hey, Robbie Simons here. Listen, as we wrap up another year here at Live in the Light, you need to know that your support for this ministry is so appreciated and welcomed. You know our theme verse for Live in the Light is that one time you were in darkness, but now you are light. So we are to walk as though we are children of light from Ephesians chapter 5. That's really what we're seeking to do. And so many people from darkness to light by the power of God's word. Hey, would you just take a moment right now again from me to you? Would you stop and consider and would you honestly pray about how the Lord might be leading you if you've been encouraged and you've been discipled and you've been growing in the Lord this past year that you would help us to continue to be on air in this way and having an impact in a day where truth is so ever needed. So if God is leading you right now to support Live in the Light, there's a few ways that you can do that. Number one, you can become a power partner that's a monthly contributor to the ministry. We are so thankful for those who have made that decision to do that. Uh, You can also go on our website at liveinthelight.ca. All the information will be there, or you can call us at 1-844-225-4448. That is 1-844-225-4448. Again, bless you for taking this seriously and helping us continue to minister to hundreds and hundreds of people with the light and the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. You are so loved. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.